Welcome to Humans and Magic, the podcast that gets deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Sue. Welcome to the two-parter. This is part two of two. This is the Adam Fisher interview. Adam is the father of Dana Fisher and is responsible for a lot of her maturity and growth as a Magic player. See, Adam was the first one who taught Dana everything that she knew about Magic the Gathering and continues to be a major point of support for her as her parent, but also as a manager slash agent. What you may not know about Adam is that he actually comes from a Magic background himself. He played in a few pro tours and and very much made Magic a, a part of his competitive life. And it's super cool to see it passed down to the next generation. As I said in the intro to the previous episode, definitely make sure you listen to the Dana Fisher episode, which is the episode right before this one, because we recorded the the interviews in sequence, and the Dana Fisher interview itself provides a lot of context for this one. But I just wanted to make sure that I featured Adam on his own, because there's a huge part of being a magic dad, and just a parent in general, that's super interesting, at least to me. And so I wanted to make sure that this conversation was recorded and on the record as well. And before we really get into it, I just want to make sure to give the right shoutouts. The music in this podcast is supplied by Kupla. That's K-U-P-L-A. Kupla is an amazing musician who happens to play Magic the Gathering as well. We actually met while playing Magic and all of his work is incredible. He's got a new LP, new album that's out this year. You can find Kupla, that's K-U-P-L-A, on all the platforms you find and listen to music, including Spotify and SoundCloud. This podcast is sponsored by ChannelFireball.com. Channel Fireball provides the best magic singles, magic product in the business. They run some incredible online events that you've probably been involved in or heard of, and they have some of the best strategy and content out there. I'm very grateful to be sponsored by channelfireball.com. If you are doing anything magic related, buying anything magic related, please definitely go visit them. This is Humans of Magic with Dana's dad, Adam Fisher. You know, it was interesting actually because as you, uh, I don't know if you noticed, like I actually said exactly zero yeah. the entire time. Um, you know, which is, you know, because I kind of, Dana seemed like she was going fine and not getting stuck. And so I figured I'd let her just kind of, you know, just be the interview with her as we were kind of talking about. Right. So I think that's like one of the things that, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but it's like, I, I find that very admirable because like I would just be like wanting to interject all the time if i were in your shoes like it's yeah is that something you had to kind of like learn or had to grow patience on or what so i definitely um 
there were times like in that interview or otherwise where, you know, I would want to interject um, or maybe I'd have something to add, but at the same time, I realized, you know what, it's not really needed. And there's actually, it's really interesting to hear what she has to say, like from my perspective, right? Because she might talk to you in a different way than she talked to me or, you know, tell me. So kind of, I, I learned some interesting things um, just talking with, you know, with you about it. So it was kind of, uh, it, you know, it was kind of cool. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to be in like, you know, listening mode right. um, as opposed to interjecting. And it's also taken some adaptation from me because it's like, okay, you know, if this were three years ago, I don't know if she would be able to kind of carry on that conversation for that long and, you know, that in depth, but yeah. she's getting older, she's maturing. So she, yeah. she can't, so let's see what she can do. And, and, and it's great to see. Yeah, it's just like that uh that show show name, right? Like kids say the darnest things. Like it's just yeah. <laughs> it must be a blessing just having kids who like are self-forming and like they say these things that like you didn't think they would ever say, but it's like sometimes it's incredibly insightful. It's pretty cool right. actually. I felt right. that today, even just even as a non-parent, just talking to her. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was great. Now, you know, I'm 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 you know, it's very cool. Like I'm definitely super proud of her. Like she you know carried on what a almost two hour conversation. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. I thought she was it, just going to start crashing and not be able to do it. No, and you know, she was um, not giving just, you know, one word answers and she wasn't even looking at her notes as she said. So yeah. it, was, uh, you know, it, it was cool and that's good. You know, I view that also as like, okay, yes, there's parts of magic, but that's actually probably good later in life. Like maybe she's doing an interview for a job or she's giving a presentation or, right. you know, whatever else she might be doing, that's a good skill to be able to, express yourself in that way for sure i mean i do there's there is a thread that i want to explore and uh which is you have played magic competitively like dana has mentioned this uh in the past uh you know she's mentioned that she wants to have more day twos or pt appearances in you but like tell me a bit about your background as a competitive magic player yeah she already to be clear she already does have more gp to gp right. day twos than <laughs> that has been accomplished. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and she was very happy about that. So yes, yeah, so I, I started playing Magic um, right around Revised and Fallen Empires, 1994. Um, mm -hmm. And then I kind of played off and on. And then I was sort of in between um, jobs and started playing super competitively in kind of the 2002-2003 timeframe. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I was like, you know what, I kind of have a little bit of time because I'm sort of in between things. I was wrapping up a startup at the time. Um, and, you know, I've re I really enjoyed the competitive aspect. So let's just kind of see what happens. So the first Pro Tour I qualified for was Pro Tour Nice, um, which was limited um, back in 2002. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, you know, and there were some people that I knew that I'd been, you know, met through playing Magic and, you know, some others of them qualified as well. Uh, so I went there. Uh, I also, around that same time frame, uh, I did Pro Tour Venice. I did Pro Tour Houston. Um, so I've been to three Pro Tours. Um, nothing too big. You know, I got 48th in Nice. So that was, uh, you know, my, my highest finish, I guess. And, and I did make day two, uh, two out of three of them. I also, um, I, I didn't really realize this till I looked back at my record when I got back involved with uh, Dana. Um, but at Pro Tours, I'm one in one lifetime against Huey Jensen, which is a huge oh, accomplishment. Absolutely. Of course, I think he may not have been as good back then, and I'm definitely not as good now. So there's definitely some of that. <laughs> it's like two ships crossing in the night. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So, so you you grew up in uh, 
uh, Dana mentioned like between San Diego and in uh, the Bay Area, right? So yeah, I grew uh, up in the Bay Area. You grew up um, in the Bay Area, and uh, you, you so you started playing Magic like uh, in the Bay Area, essentially. Uh, I I did, um, and you know I was as you know I I played a bunch there. I um, I started actually playing Magic almost a bit more in terms of going to events when I was in uh, Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles for a little while. Yep. Um, but that was, you know, much more kind of just, you know, casual, maybe the occasional PTQ and all that. Um, I was, you know, much more serious about it when I was in the Bay Area. How did you how did you catch like the the fire, like in terms of wanting to get more into competitive play and try to qualify for the PTs? Because you mentioned like, you know, uh, you had a little bit, little bit of time in between things. But that's sort of like I think it's kind of like shortchanging it because most people don't make that serious jump. So what was it? What was it for you? Yeah, well, like I said, I, I you know, I, I co-founded a startup with some friends and we got some funding, but it was kind of like, you know, then the bust happened and the crash and it was like, okay, let's wrap this up. Let's try to get money back to investors, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there was definitely some things that needed to be done, but it wasn't really like a full-time, fully occupying my capacity job, both in terms of time and in terms of like mental capacity. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to do something that's going to like use my brain a bit more and, you know, challenging. And, you know, I do have, you know, some time, not enough time to kind of find another job at this point. So it was sort of something that was a nice kind of in-between type thing. And I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll lay this challenge out. I would like to qualify for the pro tour and see what I can do and, you know, maybe have a good time along the way. Um, and, and, and definitely that was it. Cause a lot of it was competitive aspect. Um, but then a lot of it was meeting people too. Um, and you know, it, it was actually very fortuitous that that happened because sort of as a result of those experiences and the people I met and all that kind of stuff, uh, that basically ended up shaping my career ever since that point, um, was, you know, sort of directly traceable to that time playing magic. So you have a, uh, you know, Dana mentioned that you're very good at math, but like, do you have a, did you study math or did you, did you get into like software engineering or what was it or finance? Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, you know, my, my background, um, I have a, a, a bachelor's in physics, a master's in uh, electrical engineering. So it's sort of a quantitative uh, background on that stuff, as well as an MBA. Um, so I was always, you know, very into kind of analytics and numbers and, you know, finance. And, you know, I mean, I think, uh, honestly, those are, are, are that way of thinking and those skills actually uh, apply uh, to Magic a fair amount. In fact, uh, when I was playing competitively, I also did some uh, article writing for Magic and, you know, my sort of niche was sort of metagame analysis and looking at win rates and looking at kind of, you know, some statistics around some of that kind of stuff. So, you know, even in the kind of magic context, I, I applied it some there. And, and how did, uh, how did, how, how did your career path grow to the point where, cause you know, I know now you're working at Riot Games, but you also said like, you know, playing magic and gaming, like it, it sort of helped on that trajectory. So how, how did, how exactly did that work out for yeah, you? Yeah. Well, so, you know, so it's interesting because, um, as I said, I, I met a lot of people, uh, through playing sure. magic and being these tournaments. Um, and, uh, one, uh, you know, person that I met there, uh, was a teammate of mine, uh, called, uh, Paul Sidisani. Um, and he actually, you know, I, I actually, uh, played with him and with, uh, somebody else at uh, Grand Prix, New Jersey, um, and uh, back in uh, 2002, we ended up actually coming in third at that event, um, which was uh, highest finish uh, in any sort of a major event. Um, but uh, Paul was a super great guy. He later come, you know, worked at Wizards. He introduced me to his brother, Mark, um, when he knew I was kind of looking for what's my next job and all that. And I ended up uh, interviewing with Mark 
um, because Paul sort of referred me. And um, I even remember in the interview, there was a couple of things. One, like I got that interview in part because I knew Paul, but also we ended up talking about how the skills that I had learned playing magic and playing in tournaments competitively could be leveraged and applied to like a workplace environment. And mm. the job I was actually interviewing for was a job with a company called Provide Commerce, um, which uh, had consumer brands, some, you know, you and others may be familiar with ProFlowers, Sherry's Berries, Personal Creations, Red Envelope, they're sort of e-commerce gifting brands, uh, mostly in, in the US. But a big part of that was around sort of forecasting um, uh, demand for different products and managing supply and looking at kind of real time and holidays like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day being big kind of gifting holidays and really managing a lot of that information sort of real time um, in an environment that there was imperfect information and it actually resonated with me in terms of playing magic and playing the game. You don't know what your opponent has. You don't know what you're gonna draw. You're, you're dealing with imperfect information. You're having to make decisions real time it's very different in some ways, but there are enough kind of similarities about that. Hey, I'm used to kind of making decisions in a real-time nature, which complemented my traditional background mm. of, yes, I have my MBA and, you know, yes, I have kind of the, the quantitative engineering and science background, but I also have kind of this more, you know, real-time uh, fast-paced uh, experience and kind of combining those would be a good application for the the job I was interviewing for. So that was, and and, and that did end up actually um, factoring a role. Uh, we actually joke, Mark, Mark's actually uh, a, a good friend of mine as well, because we joke, it's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, we hired you, we settled for you, but we really maybe could have done even better if we gotten like Kai Buddha, who was like the, the top player at the time <laughs> back then, I think, yeah. or one of the top players for sure. So I kind of joked like, well, we settled for you to, we couldn't get him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it, it gave me a hard time about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's an um, endearing joke though, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is, it was a lot of fun, fun there. But that, that actually, so that job, um, I actually was there 12 years um, yeah. at Provide Commerce. I ended up doing a lot of analytics, um, I ended up kind of getting into finance. I was in finance a little bit at the startup, but there I got through finance and I ended up as a CFO at that company. And then um, we were acquired uh, in 2014 uh, by FTD. And at the time it was really kind of changing the nature of the company kind of being acquired and all that kind of stuff and not as exciting. Plus I had actually in 2013, um, Mark, who was my ex-teammate's brother and Paul had both ended up at Riot Games. Um, and they were working there. And they asked me in 2013 to kind of, well, Mark specifically um, asked me to kind of look at some of the stuff they were doing in terms of forecasting and in terms of some pricing analysis and all that. And so I ended up doing a little bit of consulting for Riot Games um, wow. in 2013. And then they talked to me about uh, a job there because um, they were sort of looking for somebody that both sort of had a finance background, but also sort of new gaming. So sort of like that both type of a thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was pretty happy where I was. But then when we got acquired um, at that point, I was like, well, maybe I will look for something else and see if there's, a, no. you know, you might be time to make a change. Um, and so I did end up uh, joining Riot Games in 2015, um, where Mark and, and Paul still are, actually. So they are co-workers of mine now. Um, and so it kind of all came full circle in that regard. Yeah. And Riot's just had a... I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's just had a meteoric rise, right? It's just been an absolute like hockey stick curve growth, right? Um, like what, what, what's it like, you know, 
looking back on like 2015 riot versus you know 2020 right now yeah i mean it, it's exciting right i mean you know part of the thing is we have you know multiple games now um yeah. you know it's not just uh yeah. a one multiple game ip game. yeah yeah i mean and, and i actually wasn't a big league player i played a little bit <laughs> i even wasn't that big of a player but you know i knew of it and you know i'm you know been a gamer all my life uh you know that kind of thing so it was it was fun but now kind of having multiple games and in fact um, one interesting tie into that. So Dana actually, uh, and, and, and Sadie, both my daughters, you know, they, they play league somewhat and they, you know, they played from a young age when I, you know, kind of joined riot, especially, um, but, uh, team fight tactics, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, uh, sort of our, 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 second game, sort of, although it's all within the league client, right. uh, is a game that appeals to a lot of magic players as well. Cause it yes. kind of has this deck building ish type feel. And when the um, pandemic hit and we're at home, that was also the same time when Team Fight Tactics released on mobile. And, you know, Dana wasn't really going to events, the magic scene, she hadn't gotten the streaming yet. Yep. So she got, you know, and, and mobile's just more accessible for her. Mm -hmm. um, and so she ended up starting Team Fight Tactics. And then she decided uh, that she was going to just like, rank up essentially she really wanted to get, like get better with team fight tactics mm -hmm. and this wasn't an example where i was teaching her because i wasn't you know i played and i kind of knew and you know mm -hmm. but this was one where she wanted to do it and like took it upon herself um and she actually ended up uh last uh season hitting diamond uh in oh it, wow which you know i i only hit gold so like she far outranked me <laughs> in that regard and that was really cool seeing her like apply some of the same skills and thinking to a different game yeah. and do it kind of, you know, just very independently and see that, wait a second, she actually can like, you know, do that and self-motivate and be very proactive about that. And it's not just magic. So yeah. that was kind of interesting that like, it's, you know, magic's her, her primary love, but right. um, it can kind of go beyond that too, which is interesting. That's just, it must be such a blessing. Like, I, I can't even imagine like just, you know, like having kids and having them sort of like figure all these things out. Like, it just feels like such a blessing to to live that, right? It's like, they and they just have their own interests and they're, they're leveling up and you're just, you're just seeing like, like maybe a younger version of yourself somehow like materialize sort in another of, way but, the, but, but, but then there's things where it's not at all like me. <laughs> yeah like, yeah absolutely like, right there's like, things like probably my older daughter sadie is actually quite the chef and like does a lot of cooking and baking and that's right. not at all something that i've <laughs> done and all that but yeah. she'll like do it and she'll make this stuff and it's amazing she does it yeah. all herself and she looks up the recipes and all that kind of stuff yeah. so it's, you know that that's cool to see as well when it's a you know very different type of uh, exactly stuff. that's probably even more um exciting it's just like how do they get into this like it's it's right. like you know um uh, by the way like uh, i know a lot of magic players gone have gone into like legends of runeterra like are, do you guys yeah. play that as well or we do somewhat um for 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 whatever reason yeah i mean i'm you know i sort of have some you know time limitations i have a full-time job sure <laughs> yeah yeah stuff. absolutely so i'll tend to gravitate more to what the you know kids are into and yep. for whatever reason uh dana played Legends of Runeterra, but like, like uh, Team Fight Tactics more. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like, okay, you know, magic's always a big kind of part of our lives and all that. So, yep. you know, there's only room for so many games. And so because she focused on that, kind of spent more time with her on that. Yep. Um, also, Team Fight Tactics was a game that uh, Sadie likes as well. So oh, okay. So it's like nice two birds, that, one stone kind of thing. 
Yeah. So like, you know, I think with Sadie, part of why she's not as big of a fan of magic, I think it's a little too slow paced for her in some respects. She likes kind of the, you know, things happening in real time and action and all that kind of stuff. And Team Fight Tactics had a little bit more of that with kind of looking at the battles play out. So she actually joined us. So it was something the three of us could do together. So Mm. that was the other reason that really kind of, you know, pushed us in, in, in that direction. That's, that's cool. Um, I know Dana kind of touched on it, but, uh, you know, your, your wife is a little bit more behind the scenes when it comes to, uh, (laughs) this kind of stuff. And I I totally get it. Like, I think my, my wife is like also very similar. Like she probably would not want to be in front of a, a a camera that much, uh, even though she's a, she's a beautiful woman and all that. But, uh, like, uh, was it, was it kind of tough getting Dana, like, like, cause Dana is a public figure for better or worse. So like, was it, was it, was it tough? Like, did you guys have tough conversations about that or, you know, about this kind of celebrity for, for kids? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I even remember Dana again, she was so young. She probably doesn't remember too much of this, but the first time she was in a feature match, um, it was, you know, GP Vegas, 2017, Dana was, um, six at the time, almost seven. Um, and, you know, she sort of like wanted, you know, she saw the camera, she was kind of interested in it. And, you know, before sort of inquiring about that, right. I, you know, called, I mean, I called my wife, you know, Rochelle, and I said, like, I, would you be okay with Dana being on camera? Because it'll show her face, it'll show her name, like, like, at that point, right. that's out of the bag, sort of. Now, we didn't know what it would lead to at that point, because it was very kind of early on. But, you know, they kind of, she'd gotten enough attention from like, what's this, like, six-year-old doing playing magic at, you know, in a Grand Prix. Um, And, um, you know, we say, you know what, if she wants to go for it, you know, let let it be up to her. And so I asked Dana, um, you know, do you really want to do this? And you're okay with people, you know, maybe, you know, some people might someday recognize you and we had no idea. And she said, yes. And so I went up to the uh, tournament staff and I said, you know, by the way, if you're interested in featuring Dana, it's something she'd, you know, enjoy. Um, and, uh, they said, oh, well, actually we, we are, we just like, weren't sure with the six-year-old girl, if that's something you would be at all comfortable with. So like, yeah, they been, yeah. you know, a little bit, uh, everybody's you, trying to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so they did. And, um, you know, at that point it was like, okay, she really, you know, enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, she had a good time and, you know, she, uh, and, and I think there is some element of, okay, here you have a little kid getting a lot of attention and, you know, kids like attention mm-hmm. in that regard and mm-hmm. it's a different type, but, uh, but she enjoyed that. And she also knew it was, you know, because she had sort of, you know, we worked for it, right. You know, it's not easy to learn game and how to play and all that kind of stuff. So it was something she, she earned. And I think that felt good to her in that regard. How would you feel, how would you describe this journey for you and Rochelle? Like, just like, it's it must be surreal like again i'm not yeah, even a parent but let alone like a parent of someone who's like sort of out there in the public sphere that's definitely the word that comes to mind um first and foremost is surreal um you know uh, probably the thing and, and at least you know rochelle's more she's not in the magic world she's kind of in the mainstream world i think what hit home for for her as well as me was when like wikipedia asked us if we'd be okay with them making a page on dana right <laughs> And so like, that's like, wait a second, that's actually mainstream. Um, And so it seemed pretty well written too. I I went through the the page. It seemed, I think most of the things had uh, were factual, right? I I will say this. I am so impressed with Wikipedia's process because, uh, you know, there was a person and it's all volunteer driven. So it's a volunteer, I guess, that was assigned to it or volunteer. I don't know exactly how it works. Anyway, 
he was like the lead writer of it, but uh-huh. he checked everything with me. And he's like, can we get this? Can we get a reference? Can we get this, uh, you know, photo? Probably more fact-checking than your average news site, right? It's oh, yeah. No, no, no. It was really, really uh, thorough. Yeah. Um, and it's always an interesting kind of process. It took a couple months, I think, actually, uh, mm-hmm. from start to finish on that front. So that was kind of, you know, very surreal. But the other side of it, setting aside the fame and celebrity is, you know, it's really cool being able to, you know, do this activity, play these games, go to these events with my daughter, and we spend time together and we're both doing something we really like. Yeah. And so, you know, there's that whole thing, even apart from the whole, like, you know, we certainly, I mean, and that's how it started, to be honest. Right. Um, Dana doesn't remember this, but, you know, I taught, she mentioned that I did uh, teach Sadie when she was four. Um, and Dana, you know, uh, I think when Dana was like two, she started showing some interest in it. Mm-hmm. She would like sit by us and watch and, you know, all that. And she was way too young at the time. And, you know, I mm-hmm. joke, she first had to learn not to eat the cards in order to. <laughs> yeah, um, that'd be a good, that'd be a good thing for yeah, future, right? Stuff. Edible, edible okay. cards might be, might be a good way for yeah. to expand. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but she's like, you know, and, and she has a personality. She doesn't like to be left out of things. You know, she likes right. to be there. Like she, same thing happened with skiing. You know, she started skiing at, 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 at two and a half because she saw, you know, her, sis, her older sister doing it and she wanted right. to try it and not be right. left out. Um, but yeah, so, she, you know, and, and, and she wanted to join in. And so, you know, I remember, very, you know, it was Father's Day when yep. she was uh, three years and 10 months yep. old, uh, you know, so three and a half, not quite four. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to try to teach her and we'll see how it goes. And it was, you know, slow going at first, but she liked being included and, you know, it was something that, uh, you know, we could do together and, you know, myself and, and, and both, uh, daughters, uh, you know, we played a fair amount. Um, at the time Dana started being interested in the competitive aspect of things. Um, that's when, you know, Sadie wasn't as interested in that. I, you know, kind of made the same offer. Yeah. You want to go to these tournaments or whatever. And Dana really did. And Sadie at that point had moved on to some other things, which is totally Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, I mean, it's this is always a tough question to ask, but like, do you have any potential regrets or maybe not regrets, but like things you wish you could have done differently in this whole process over the years? Like, it, it, there's sort of an implied question here is like, is there a dark side of like this celebrity or having your kid be famous? Um, I would say the short answer is no, no regrets. Um, there may be some things I could have learned a little sooner, I guess, um, than I did. Um, probably one of the biggest downsides was just balancing sort of time on things. Yeah. Um, because, you know, between, okay, especially at the beginning when I was, um, you know, practicing with Dana and teaching Dana and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and had to really bring her up to speed and because she didn't really have the wherewithal to do it on her own yet. You know, I was spending time with that. Um, spending time, obviously working a full-time job, spending time, like, you know, figuring out travel for events and all that, you know, like it just, it took a lot of time. Um, and I think that at least in the, uh, beginning, um, you know, Sadie in particular felt maybe a little bit left out of things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because of spending, you know, all this time there. And, you know, what I did is said, you know what, I need to make sure I'm kind of carving out and figure out like, okay. I'm going to do this amount of time with Dana and have this amount of time with Sadie and this amount of time with Rochelle, you know, the rest of the family um, to kind of, you know, do that. And so, you know, I think we, we, had a, we got to a good place, but right. you know, it was something that was like, maybe didn't realize it much that that would be, you know, a challenge, but 
in the end, it actually reached a really good spot. Like one of the things with my you know, older daughter, Sadie, she's really interested in science. And so we'll take, uh, you know, an annual trip and go to a science museum, uh, you know, often out of town and just, you know, her and I, and we'll do that and it'll be our own little trip and, right. you know, bonding experience and all that. And so we've really, you know, enjoyed that, that type of experience. Yeah. So. You know, it's yeah. it's just you know, kind of you know, making sure, kind of having having the right balance there. I think yeah, is, that dynamic is always really interesting. Like I I grew up with a a younger brother. We're three years apart, so it's not so different from like Sadie and uh, and Dana. Uh, although you know, we're we're two boys, but like there's always this dynamic, as you know, of like the elder uh, sibling and the younger, and like attention and like developing personalities, sort of like based on not like wanting to step on the other person's toes or like conflicting and you know like that's that's like that must be a handful because you have one sibling uh, you have sorry you have one uh you have one daughter who's like a little bit more publicly visible and one who's not and that could be like hard to to manage i i would imagine sometimes yeah and and and, and honestly it was it was interesting because at first I mean, you heard dana talk about how you know her sister sadie is a little bit like jealous of you know or, or sad when we're away Right. Um, because it wasn't even clear to me at first, is it that, you know, like Dana's getting this attention and that she's well known. Cause I thought that's kind of what might have been a little bit of a, it's more a, like a, the family time. That's what you're saying. It was more family time issue. Yeah. And so, you know, once we kind of figured out that it's like, okay, well, how do we, you know, make sure we work within that. So part of it were kind of these other trips. Part of it was you heard Dana talk about how the whole family went to Reno as an example, because that's yeah. kind of a, a place that we all like to go to. So we all went there for the event and, you know, mm-hmm. you know carved out some family time there. We did sure. an escape room, you know, all that kind of stuff while we're there, but we're also there for a magic event. Um, mm-hmm. Dana referenced uh, when she played in Lyon in uh, France in mm-hmm. 2018. And that was an example where, hey, here's this event, it's in France. It was actually happened right before a school break, a week long school break. Mm-hmm. And we ended up finding a good deal on plane tickets. And we've been talking about going to Europe as a family. So that was sort of a, let's make a whole family trip to Europe and just happen to hit a magic event in Lyon while we're there. So it's like, you know, combining those types of things um, has made things a lot better. And then it becomes just this fun adventure experience for everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what What is, um, tell me the good, bad, and ugly of like having a relationship with Wizards of the Coast. Cause I think for better or worse, there is something there at, at least with you and Dana and, uh, and Watsi, like what's that been like? I mean, with Wizards specifically, I mean, Wizards have been, it's been awesome. Like, honestly, okay. I, I, I can't say enough, you know, good things. They've been you know, super supportive of things. Um, you know, there's been some times when they've had to deliver some, tricky messages like for instance we you know when Dana was kind of getting started thinking about streaming or whatever um and we weren't quite sure how we were going to work it they were basically like yeah we kind of can't touch you because you're under 13 (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like those sorts of things which you know it's not their fault it's just like you know they had delivered that message but we've we've been there um and uh you know met a lot of people there um you know Mark Rosewater spent, this was last year when we were up in Seattle, Mark Rosewater spent, I believe it was about an hour and a half hanging out and chatting with us mm-hmm. <laughs> there, which is just, you know, and honestly, for me, I'm just like, wow, he's somebody I look up to. Right. Great I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't ever as competitive as you were, but I grew up in the nineties with revised edition. And I remember reading like 
Mark's puzzles in in the Duelist. Right. So I, right. I I lived that period too. You know all right. that stuff. So exactly. And 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 you know, and I tell Dana, and I think she kind of gets it on one level, but on the other level, I'm like, do you realize how special that is? That you got right. that experience, right. I and mean, that's amazing. That was so nice of them. Mm -hmm. uh, to do that. I also know a few people at Wizards from my time playing competitively. Um, and actually even totally separate from Magic, um, a, uh, a person by the name of Mark Globus, who uh, recently um, uh, retired from Wizards actually, um, uh, but he worked there for a while. He was uh, you know, an architect. He was kind of a head designer of uh, Modern Horizons as an example. Right. Um, he and I were college roommates. And so oh, okay. like, I knew All him world. there and I knew some other people through him. And right. so um, I've had some connection points. And then obviously through what we're doing, um, you know, we've kind of taken the approach of that. This is all, yeah, everyone has the same interests in mind. Like we want to grow the game. We want to bring more diversity, more underrepresented groups. You know, you heard it from Dana, you know, yep. she wants the kids, she wants the, the, the women, she wants especially the young girls, right. uh, you know, playing magic. So that, that's all kind of common interests. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of, you know, work with, uh, you know, wizards if they have an idea. They actually, um, last year, we ended up going to Hasbro, uh, the parent mm -hmm. company of wizards, because they wanted to do a video with Dana and all that. And mm -hmm. that was, you know, cool, especially because, Dana actually got a little bit behind the scenes peek at Hasbro. And you know, she knows some other Hasbro products. Right. Um, so she gets these really cool life learning experiences at the same time. You know, we feel we're helping the, you know, the company and, you know, providing a little bit of a different side to, you know, face of the game and, you know, different type of player and all that. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like a everybody wins type situation. I mean, there's no, uh, th there's no money or anything like that involved. It's right. just more experiences yeah it's just about the relationship and uh i think i think that both you and dana are like good ambassadors for the for the game like especially now after talking to you and like the planning and just knowing that you were also like really big into magic like i guess i knew that because of like other things i have read over the years but like that's really that's really cool like um maybe this sounds like a like a bad thing to ask but like do you do you think like this is like almost like you're able to vicariously live through Dana, like maybe some of the things that you never, it's not, I'm not saying like you, 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 like you obviously can't do the same thing as a 10 year old playing right. girl playing magic ever, but it's like, are you, are you, do you find some parts of it like sort of like rewarding in that you can almost like live like a phase two of magic through, through her in a way? I, I mean, somewhat, yes, but to be honest, it's more about, like seeing her realize and it's more her about her really yeah and yeah. being kind of in the environment because what she's doing is actually very very different from what i did um there like you know i was about okay i'm gonna you know i'm gonna grind these ptqs and i'm gonna qualify for the pro tour and i'm gonna yep. you know uh you know do as well as i can and you know, all that kind of stuff and maybe write a few articles she has a more kind of holistic view on things yeah. she's like yes, I'm going to compete and I'm going to prove that like, yes, as a, you know, young child and as a girl and I can do all these things and I'm going to cosplay and right. you know, have with all the cosplayers and have a good time. And I'm going to commentate on matches and mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, stream and make video. Like, so, so, so she's. How do you, how do you think she learned all that? Because I was honestly just, just like, I try not to show it during the interview, but I was like, just, just wild by, 
by that because like it sounds like she can be a spike she knows like this is where i'm a spike this is where i'm a vorthos this is where i'm a a cosplayer like this is where i'm trying to win because i'm playing modern i'm trying to win like like that's an unusual degree of sophistication anybody that that enjoys magic let alone like someone her age right like how how does she get that i mean I, i honestly i think she just enjoys all the aspects of things and okay. so she likes to just immerse herself in it um, because, you know, like I think you, you heard and picked up, she's not just a spike. Like she could be a spike. Right. When she, she knows these like different uh, goals and roles and what to go right. for. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that is like a lot of it. And for her, it's also, you know, like you heard, she doesn't remember a time when she didn't play magic. Like she really just doesn't. Right. Like, that right. is her life. Yeah. And, and so for her, just a lot of the, you know, socialization and life experiences and like all that kind of stuff, it's all wrapped up in terms of development of who she is. Yeah. So I think she looks at it a lot. as So, kind of all- so maybe that's what it is. It's like, you know, when you and I or someone like we grow up, it's like we have these phases, right? It's like you have rebellion, you have like, I like academics, I don't, or I have a job or I, I do like I have hobbies, but it's like magic, if magic is one's life, then maybe that does give one the ability to have perspective and like think about it in different branches. Absolutely, absolutely. Now there's a a, a potential danger side to that as well because yeah. you know you know my wife and I don't want her to be like you know consumed you know with magic. So we make right. sure she is doing you know other things. And you heard her talk about some things like theater camp and reading and you know so she yeah. does a lot of like other stuff that isn't magic yeah and and programming that's really impressive like yeah yeah. i mean i actually that was a discovery this summer you know she took a we tried different summer camps and that was one that you know she tried and she really enjoyed it and she actually it was just like a little even i think it was a couple of days of python she's like oh i really like this and then we found this week-long java class and she really enjoyed that so you know we want to make sure she's well-rounded on that front i mean magic can always be the biggest thing and that's not a problem Right. Um, and yeah, you know, I even have conversations periodically with her like, Hey, do you still want to be going to tournaments? Do you still want to be streaming? You know, do you want to be yeah. doing this stuff? You know, is this what you're enjoying? And I think you heard it from her. Yeah. She, you know, she does. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. what she wants to do, but I think she also realized, cause we've told her very directly that it's important to have a balance. It's important to have other experiences. Even if this is the main thing you do, it shouldn't be the only thing. Right. That's awesome. And she likes that too. So I think it's not a, it's not a tense discussion or anything like that. Yeah. You know, one thing that is interesting that I didn't certainly wouldn't have expected going in that I found is there's a lot of things that I've, you know, had to kind of uh, confront is like life experiences with Dana through this Mm -hmm. that I think have like accelerated, but, but in a a good way, long-term at least. Mm Um, in terms of these things, like as an example, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, diversity in the magic community. I mean, you, of course, know from uh, all you know, your interviews and otherwise and all that. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of uh, potential challenges with that, you know, kind of diversity and, and, and sometimes some sure. know, negative experiences that happen. But like, you know, uh, Dana had no idea what being transgender was before mm. being in, you know, introduced to people of magic or non-binary or, um, you know, she didn't know what sexual harassment was. Like, so, so, you know, know, these these sort of like adult topics of that are, you you know, and again, it's not, I mean, I I lumped those together, obviously not the same thing, but they're, 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 they're adult topics, right? Like, 
like I think your point is like she's had to fast track to some of these things. Exactly. Exactly. So she's had to, you know, understand some of that stuff. And, you know, some of them are easier than others, like, you know, explaining um, that, you know, hey, everyone is kind of different. It's all kind of fine. It's, you know, it's all good. But like you may just just because you haven't been exposed to somebody who's, you know, transgender. Hey, you know, here they are. You should, you know, respect Right. them like you do everybody else and right. and, and make sure you respect for like, human life dignity right like tolerance and, yeah yeah exactly and you know what what all that means mm-hmm. even you, know, you haven't experienced this yet but you're going to see this in magic particularly when when autumn won oh yeah <laughs> you know there and it's like you know dana just hadn't been exposed to like oh wait i should refer to them as they instead of mm-hmm. him or her and what that means and it's like yeah it's really important you know <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's important to learn those types of things and to be able to interact with people and you know some are really tough like the, I remember too the uh, whole uh, Christine Sprinkle and Jeremy Hambly incident the, the harassment and all that yes. stuff right yeah when it first happened I think Dana was six or seven mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to explain that like what right. sexual harassment was at that point, right. Right. Uh, she wasn't ready for it. So I just said, like, this guy was mean to this woman. Which ultimately is the TLDR, but but it very is. simplified. Yeah. And it was age appropriate. Since yeah. then, I've sort of explained a little bit more and, right. you know, when about, about, about that and, you know, there's been a couple of other unfortunate incidents in, in the community. Yeah. As well. But now she can kind of handle that kind of stuff a little bit more. Um, but but that's kind of, you know, you mentioned kind of, you know, what are some of the dark sides you were mentioning? I am assuming you do a lot to shield her because like, there's no way that like, it's almost mathematically impossible for someone to not be online and, and, and have that. So you must yeah. be doing a little bit of like cover. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it was interesting because she mentioned it with the, uh, with the colorful language, um, yeah. which is at first I was kind of trying to, and I really, you know what, this is just not going to happen. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And, and honestly, there's like a lot of, I mean, you know this, there's a lot of very cool people who just mm-hmm. use a lot of colorful language. Olivia right. Gilbert is an example of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Pleasant Kenobi is another example. Yeah, I've, I've, had, I've talked to Vince on For Humans and Magic and we've kept in touch, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and I, I even re- like, I even remember there was a video of his I wanted to show Dana because I think it was something <laughs> about You can only show like two seconds of it if you want to censor everything. I, I, exactly. So I showed it to her. I'm like, okay, Dana, just like, you got to just ignore that. <laughs> I was like wincing. Yeah. Was, you know, yeah. as we were playing it but at the same time like i'm just not going to shield her from that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. then um some of it is her desire like uh shielding in a different way so last year um you know she's grown sort of her twitter following and now she's you know she, she she's very invested in it you know she likes mm-hmm. likes you know as she talked about you know we do it together and you know look through things and sure. she'll you know like staying in touch with people she's met a lot of people through it yeah. and then it just disappeared last year in may mm-hmm. um and we actually still don't know for sure what happened. Uh, it was some, either somebody hacked it or it was taken down because of age violations. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and there's proper ways to do it, which I actually was kind of doing, but I wasn't fully doing. Now we are fully doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know what happened. I didn't know if we could restore it. I was kind of a little worried about it and it took a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then once I knew, okay, it was on its way to being restored. I told her about it then, but I didn't tell her about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. And she got a little bit upset with me. <laughs> she yeah. said, Wait a second. 
it was kind of gone for, you know, almost two weeks and you didn't tell me. I'm like, yeah, I didn't want you to get, you know, upset if it wasn't anything to get upset over. And, you know, she even said, and I thought was pretty mature. She's like, you know, daddy, I, I, I can handle the, you know, news that is, you know, little, little uh, concerning or, or, you know, upsetting. I, I, I'm older now. I can handle it. You know, I don't need to be shielded. I want to know about these things. Yeah. Um, So it's like, she's just amazingly mature for her age. Like there's no other way to to put it, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways she is. I also like that in a lot of ways she's, you know, normal or no. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, one example that is just, you know, it's just a little funny small example. But you know, we went to Hasbro and they gave us uh, some dolls. Uh, you know, it was like, oh you know, yeah, yeah. And you know, she's playing, and and uh, there was one doll in particular from uh, Descendants, and she would like the Descendants movies from Disney and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, she was ended up like playing with that doll the entire like plane ride home, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was like, okay, here's an example of you know, she was nine at the time, yeah. you know, of her just doing what any <laughs> you know other right. kind of nine year old right. girl would do, and like you know, so it's kind yeah. of nice that she, there's still that aspect that she's yeah. not all grown up, um, you know, and she just, she can be when it's called for, but she also mm-hmm. has that balance, which I think is really important. I think that's also the other thing about parenthood is that it, it helps like keep things in check. Like, cause I think it can be easy to be very, uh, maybe it's just my personality, like very cynical about the world, but like, there's things that happen like that, like that with doll that just makes you like, kind of like <laughs> to put it like, in a, in a grandiose way, like to have like faith in humanity or like be optimistic again, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. I I, I agree. It's 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 definitely nice to kind of you know see a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's just it's just you know again, I didn't you know this all started with like, hey, I really like magic. I'd like it's something I'd like to play with my kids if they're interested. I showed my older daughter, Sadie, you know, she was playing. It's like Dana was interested, show her. It's something we can kind of play together. Like that's yeah. how it all started. There's there's no way anyone could have imagined like, okay, it would become this. And, you know, every every child is different, right? You know, they they also internalize it so differently as, right. as I see with your, your two daughters. Right, right, exactly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans and Magic. To get more information about the show and to join the mailing list, please visit humansandmagic.com. And don't forget, the Humans and Magic book is now available on Amazon for both paperback and Kindle. We'll see you next time.